Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm a renegade uh, through and through. Uh, and this week I'm joined by my friend, co-host, and the man that is the paragon to my renegade, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man. I'm Jesse Schaefer, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. <laughs> Wait, do we have to sit through a really long elevator ride? Maybe, but only if you have the elevator music. Yeah, so I think we'll just jump into it because we got a lot to cover. We won't mess around with too much more. Uh, we're going to talk about Mass Effect, the video game and video game <laughs> series. Yes, we are. Um, we had actually talked about doing this episode a year ago or so, and that was first talked about it anyways. And that was spawned by the release of the Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy. Um I was able to play those games and have some thoughts about that. Uh, Michael had some issues with them and did not, and he'll talk about that. Um, but we didn't want to put this off for too much longer because it's already been about a year now. So, yeah, we figured why not talk some Mass Effect on a, on a random, you know, random June evening. It'll be good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good time. Um we will be going through the series here. We're not going to spend a ton of time on any individual game because as much as I would enjoy talking about these games with you, Michael, for six hours, I don't think our listeners would be able to stomach that. So we're going to we're going to try and keep things brisk here. I mean, in fairness, Jesse, I can I, I don't think I'd be able to stomach editing all of that. <laughs> uh, that would be a monster. You'd have to, like, do a double VHS for something like that. Right. Yeah, it would just be too big. Um, so yeah, that is our plan. Um, essentially, if you don't know what Mass Effect is, as Michael said, it is a sci-fi space role-playing adventure type game with some third-person shooter aspects built in and some games uh, better than others anyway. Um, and the premise is essentially uh, humanity has discovered faster than light travel. They join a civilization, essentially a galactic hub with other uh, species and alien races of the galaxy. Uh, there's a lot of animosity between certain races. Some of them don't like humans. Others are more receptive. But then eventually humans are accepted into the Citadel, which is kind of the, the galactic hub of all this. And from there, um, they gain a place uh, to try to gain a place on the council. They have their own embassy and you play a commander uh, in the what is called the Alliance, which is, you know, basically all of Earth, you know, bands together to have one galactic armada. Um to represent them and you play the first human specter which is essentially an arm of the council they are like a, a secret agent like jedi spy type thing so yeah like the secret like special police officers like detectives in some cases and they, they yeah. go out and do yeah solo they, missions and things they basically have unlimited authority and, you know, can, you know, do what they want. So not a whole lot different than, you know, some authorities that we see on our planet, but it's still a little more fun uh, when you get to uh, experience that for yourself in a fictional setting of a video game. <laughs> 
So, yeah, um, that's basically the premise. Uh, your character is named Commander Shepard. Um, you can pick the gender. You get to choose your appearance. You can choose your class, all the good RPG stuff. Um, but the big crux of this game, I think, lies in the story and the choices that affect the game and the outcomes that then carry into the sequels and the relationships that you build with the characters in your party and on your crew, but also uh, various characters that you meet, both friend and foe, uh, throughout the game. Yeah, I think this is a good point for those that potentially don't know, just so we can kind of keep that in mind. Um, the Mass Effect games, uh, there's three in a trilogy, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, uh, that follow this character, Commander Shepard, mm -hmm. uh, your, uh, the, the player's character, uh, through this, and that's the, like, you're the protagonist of this story, and you're the main focus. So everyone you meet in this realm is essentially people you can hang out with and yeah. have good times, and sometimes <laughs> get a little naughty with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Michael me means exactly what you think he means by naughty, as you can romance various characters uh, throughout your character's journey so <laughs> it's all good fun good clean family fun um i always kind of liken it to people who don't play rpgs or you know just maybe don't play that many video games in general that these games are kind of like a coloring book almost where ultimately we're gonna all have the same picture but how i color it how you color it and how well that's done is going to be vastly or moderately different from player to player. Yeah. Like mine is my coloring book is filled with blood spatter and broken glass. Jesse's is usually filled with Omni gels and kind words. That, that Omni gels important, man. Saved my <laughs> life. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, Mass Effect in a nutshell. We're going to go through the games and give our thoughts. I will provide some thoughts on the remaster versions and if you know they're worth your time. Um, but if you haven't played the Mass Effect games, I recommend you jump out now because you'll be kind of mad if you're intrigued by this and then we spoil some shit for you. So, and with that, I think we're ready to get going, man. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to provide that, you know, that intro there to kind of give you some background information, but that is exactly where Mass Effect 1 starts. Um, you become the first human specter, so you're uh, a secret spy super agent of the council now, and you get put on a very special mission to hunt down a fellow rogue specter and see what he's up to. Um, so Michael, thinking back when you first played mass effect and also having played, you know, or seen or, and played some of the Knights of the old Republic games, at least and some other RPGs, what were some of your first thoughts uh, going through that first game? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was very excited to playing a little bit previous games done by Bioware, uh, being mm -hmm. very excited from their like uh, Knights of the old Republic, which we touched on previously in a previous podcast. Oh. I think, I actively remember like a core memory type thing of like being so excited and being so enthralled with every bit of it and loving mm -hmm. uh, like figuring out characters and, and spending time looking at 
uh, lore bits and trying to complete all these side quests and really truly thinking how would my shepherd react to these situations? Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, most of the time it was just shooting people and being a jerk. Um, but I was most of the time, that was, that was always my shepherd. I defined him as like, he, what he would be a giant jerk, but he always have, he always has like a heart of gold. Um, he's always willing to help his like crew and his friends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the companions you meet along the way, sometimes they were, you know, sometimes they'd be like, Oh, Hey, can you help me do this thing? And I would, uh, in my mind, Shepard would be like, yeah, no, you fought beside me. At first, I was a little bit of a jerk, but I'm just harsh. And then I'd be always up for anything that they would like to try to do. So it was core memory of video games. Like it will be something I always cherish is that first playthrough of Mass Effect in my mind. So what you're saying is you kind of played your Shepard like you actually are in real life. <laughs> I mean, I am a very pleasant human being, Chet. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. I couldn't <laughs> help myself. But um, yeah, man, uh, that is a very interesting perspective because whenever we talk about RPGs, especially as it pertains to video games, it seems uh, you've always went the more dick route, but you know, uh, that unlocks some cool powers and, you know, some bonuses and more money for you i went the more you know hippie route uh just trying to be everyone's friend which i suppose was also rewarding but yeah powers aren't as cool you know dialogue options are kind of lame not as much moolah because you're always giving money away to people so it's it's tough but uh i feel like in mass Effect you can kind of skirt around that a little bit, like you said, and uh, mm -hmm. you're able to respond a little more organically to certain queries without sacrificing a lot of those, uh, those points that you need to, you know, get your character where you want them to go. So that was always fun. Uh, yeah. You kind of control, you know, and have a little bit of a personality rather than just being a, a, a pure angel or, pure demon you know and i do think that there is it was nice because the renegade versus um paragon uh dynamics so renegade was bad was your quote-unquote dark side paragon was your light side good uh stuff i feel like there was times where it felt like i could do some paragony type stuff just to like just because i knew i would feel that I could save this person and it might give me more info. Like it wasn't because my shepherd was actually good. It would give, it was a nice thing to do, but I wanted information out of them. I think there's a specific moment where you can like give somebody a, like a, a medical pack and they'll yeah. be healed and it will give you paragon points. But I did it because it would give me information and it was easily, it, it was very easy to wash, uh, clean that strike that pair, those like two paragon points for my slate by doing some renegade stuff later. So, um, yeah, it never felt like I was forced to always be bad just to be bad. Uh, it felt like a lot of the choices, if there was a Paragon choice that made sense for my character, it was easy to pick it because I knew it wasn't going to hurt me in the long run in my role-playing part. Yeah, I mean, that is nice about it. It's not like you don't get to be completely loosey-goosey and be nice one conversation and bad the next and be like 50 50 the whole time you do have to kind of choose a general direction to ensure 
you have some opportunities to get those additional dialogue options to unlock more possibilities in the story. But I do like that. Yeah. You get, you get to kind of, you know, have a little more control over that type of stuff. So the game isn't forcing you to go anywhere. Um, so when I played, uh, I mean, other than to continue with the story, unless you just want to roam planets for 20, 30 hours in time. <laughs> um, I uh, thought this game did such a great job too of building its lore and establishing like this is the history. These are the various you know races and factions. Here is their history. Here are the conflicts they've had with other species on other planets. And you know some of that animosity, like I said, is still around. And it just all felt so rich and grand and mysterious in all the good ways that any, you know, really, uh, really uh, prestigious sci-fi and fantasy, you know, stories are. So it was a good blend of that. And unlike Star Wars, where I was familiar, you know, with the worlds and, you know, some of the races and just the general idea of, you know, Jedi, good, Sith, bad, um, so when I played Knights of the Old Republic, you know, I I knew enough to like kind of navigate my way without having to learn a ton about what had happened previously. But here you're just kind of thrown in to this this completely you know uncharted terrain, uh, quite literally in some ways. And it is one of those cases where the more you put into it, the more you learn, the more time you spend talking with characters and helping or, you know, confronting them on certain things, uh, the more rewarded you are. And, you know, it grows your knowledge base, which, you know, is going to help you in future games. Yeah. And I think the the story does such a good job encouraging you to pick those paths and kind of continue on your story because it's so captivating. Like, I don't think there's any point where I felt like I was bored with the extra stuff. Like, I still remember... Uh, lines of dialogue from this talking about uh, or like the different alien races that they had and like how they interacted and like their characteristic. And it was just so fun to go through it all and experience it. And the story itself is a great story. There's so many choices in itself. I actually do feel like they matter. Um, I remember I played through twice uh, when I first played the game. Oh, no, did I? I can't even remember now if I actually played through twice. I think I oh, I loaded a save. We're incorrect. talking about like 15 years ago. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I, I loaded a save incorrectly and mm -hmm. I went to, yeah, that's right. So what happened, I was playing the game. It was like one of the last missions or something like that. Uh, I was on the beach and there's the whole Rex scene um, mm -hmm. where there's the potential for Rex is a reoccurring character. He's a Krogan, which is we won't get to they're that very, stuff. They're very large. Yeah, they're very large. They're they're good boys. Um, they have tempers, but they're yeah. cool. So I was on the beach, and I played through a certain scene uh, with Rex. Uh, he gets mad because you essentially can prevent his race from breeding, which is a whole thing. <laughs> but yeah. I got through that scene, and there's a moment where it gets kind of tense where one of your crew members, Ashley potentially can kill him and is like holding the gun. And so I played through that scene and then I went back 
like I stopped playing, I think I went on vacation or summer camp or something like that. And I came back to play it and I loaded up the wrong save. And in loading up the wrong save, I went through that scene and didn't do it the same way. And Ashley killed Rex. And I was terrified that I had fucked up because I was like, no, the, like I couldn't find the save. It got, it was weird or something. And I was so scared that I had lost this character that I loved so much that I had took on almost every mission I possibly could. So the emotional state that I was in was just devastated because I didn't want to lose them. Dude, that's, I mean, that's a gut wrenching moment when you can't figure out whether or not you can go back to undo something terrible that happens with an RPG. <laughs> you're just stuck with that in your, in your, in your playthrough. And yeah, it, it's, it, it, really feels you or really leaves you at a loss um so i uh think the game does a good job too of you know you kind of get to form your own opinions about your squad mates too um there's a general consensus about the favorites i would say some people you know care more about you know a few than others but then also the characters themselves um they don't always agree on everything. When you take them on missions, they'll chime in with, you know, various opinions. Things sometimes get heated and not as often in this first game, but in future games, you kind of have to intercede and, you know, prevent these people from, you know, kind of, you know, mucking up things on your mission or in your story um, because it does make you react in real time to stuff like that, which I always thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is one of those games I think does a very good job. And Bioware like define like got really good at defining this through um, their previous games. But I think they did a really good job here of really making you feel passionate for particular characters. Like I hate Ashley so much. I I am happy she dies at the end of that game. Mostly probably because I'm a jerk and she's kind of an annoying, irritating ass. Um, I feel at least my Ashley is. Um, <laughs> And she's, about. A, she's a bit of a racist too. It's not yeah. great. Yeah. I didn't like her. Cause I mean, that's like the thing is like, I my like I said before, my shepherd is friend. Like he is kind of gruff and rough with people. And as soon as you like, because like, as soon as there's just like a simple turn point where we become like a crewmate or something like that, then we're, we're like, you know, then we start changing and it's like, no, you can't talk shit about my friends. I'll beat you up and I'll shoot you in the face if you do that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Ashley talks shit and therefore Ashley dies at the end of my mass effect every single time, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And in addition to choosing which characters live or die in certain situations, your interactions with them and how hostile or, you know, thoughtful you are in certain situations in response to their questions and, or, you know, giving them advice and whatnot, you actually, determine how these characters evolve throughout the rest of the series in a way. And they might be a little more benevolent or a lot more, a lot more aggressive in the future, depending on you know, what you tell them to do. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good time. It's, you know, it's not as, uh, you know, it's doesn't feel like the stakes are as high as real life, but you do feel actual stakes in these choices you make. And I think that's again, kind of the backbone of this entire series. But while the story is 
obviously rich and worthwhile and rewarding and the characters you know are great to know the combat is not very good in this game michael and i've noticed it more and more as the years have gone by especially as it pertains to the side missions and i honestly think they overdid you know some of the rpg elements to it 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 feels like a like a chore at times which is never what you want in an rpg agree this unfortunately this game does have a bit of a that bit of a problem with that i even going back and, back and playing the legendary edition and mm-hmm. they did do some like mechanical changes and stuff i still was like oh god this is this is kind of terrible <laughs> yeah this first one especially really shows its age and i desperately hoped they were gonna revamp the combat system in the remaster version and i think they did as much as they could to clean it up, but probably could not make wholesale changes to it without having to just, you know, doing God, honest for God remake of the whole game. Um, but essentially, it's you can't do very basic things that you can do in most third person shooters. You can't dodge. It's a real bitch to crouch. You can't roll out of the way. You can't hop over obstacles. I don't even know if you can jump. I, I can't remember if that's an option. No, you can't jump. That was a big. Uh, that was a big thing in Andromeda, which we'll talk about. But getting, yeah, <laughs> God, I can't wait. Uh, getting in and out of cover is, you know, really wonky and awkward. Clunky. Yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel very fluid at all. Um, it it all is just not great. And I think it's something you care less about, or just you know. It's less noticeable when you are in one of the main story missions or like a really significant side quest that gives you a lot of that, you know, those great stories and those that cinematic quality to it. But um, and those side missions, those cookie cutter missions where, you know, it could be your 10th planet, but it's the same base and you hear the same lines you've heard 20 times already. It gets a little old, man. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it how many times yeah how many bases the exact same like whoever designed that base that square brick base that has that giant area that you can't actually really access because it doesn't make sense yes yeah. uh, spatially um they must be doing gangbusters like they, they must be like they must have a monopoly on this <laughs> yeah yeah the whole galaxy goes to the same contractor for every fucking building it's insane <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, you know, enemies are everywhere, you know, stuff like that. It it gets old. Um, so unfortunately that part is not much better in the remastered version. Um, it, especially if you beat it and you go onto the other games, it feels even there's like, there's even more of a disparity than there was before between the first one and those other two. But um, I mean, graphically, I, I thought obviously it looked a lot better. It was an older game and, you know, kind of made to look pretty for new consoles. So that was cool. I didn't really notice a ton of other changes. I, it didn't freeze on me as much as it used to. But I mean, more, ele- more power, right? So that shouldn't happen as often. Yeah, the um, uh, elevator ride. <laughs> The elevator rides were shorter, um, yep. but I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want to skip those elevator rides. You sometimes get some good dialogue in there. That's but, true. Uh, I don't remember them being so terrible, but maybe that's because I was just, a, I was like, uh, I would like listen to books on tape or something like that when those would go on. <laughs> so I just ignored them or like just accepted them as part of the, 
the yeah. quote unquote experience. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. You, you deal with it. You, you use your rapid transit to save some time in other places. It's fine. Um, otherwise, you know, it was more or less the experience I remembered, which, you know, great story, you know, great characters, you know, uh, it has a hell of an ending and a banger of a soundtrack, but, um, yeah, um, mechanically it's about what you'd remember. Mm-hmm. And fuck the fucking Mako, the vehicle that you explore planets with. That thing is a piece of shit. And it can I, I mean, I don't think it's that bad. I don't. <laughs> I never. I, 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 I even went back when I played the, the the Legendary Edition. I was like, I don't understand people's hate of this vehicle. It's not as bad as. I mean, it's not quick and it's kind of awkward to maneuver and stuff like that. And you have the gun. It's just not the worst as like people make me like like sounds like they would rather like take it out back and shoot it that I've, I've tried and it, <laughs> nothing happens really so that, that yeah. does nothing um well yeah that's that's fine i mean <laughs> it's not for everybody but yeah yeah overall it's it still is a great game but uh definitely has shown its age in certain ways um but one you know that i think we both still cherish you know to this day like i could rattle off you know, a lot of a lot of my favorite moments that's, you know, I, I still think are tops for, you know, RPG story wise. But uh, we got things to do, so I will not. Yeah. Should we go to Mass Effect 2? We should. Yeah. So Mass Effect 2. Let's talk about that. So yeah. Mass Effect 2, you get through the first game um, and then when you open up the second game and boot it up for the first time, you get to actually choose your save file uh, so long as you're playing on the same system or else your system doesn't screw you over, <laughs> which we'll talk about more later. Yeah. Um, you get to actually load all the decisions and outcomes that were made in that first game and they carry over to the second one. So now certain characters might be in the game for me, but they might be dead in yours or oh, um, Ashley, definitely dead. Definitely, yeah. definitely dead. Ashley, definitely dead. Um, and then you can also, you know, bump into characters, you know, that you maybe met along your journey that maybe you screwed over, or maybe I helped them. So they'll have different reactions to us based on the interactions from the first time. So it does really feel like, an organic, you know, breathing, you know, galaxy and world within the game where you, you know, these decisions did matter, at least to these people. And they're, they're going to thank you or curse you for it in this next one. Um, But essentially you're sort of continuing on the journey from the first game. Um, And dude, you, you die at the beginning of this game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're just, you just it, it's you just get obliterated are you and that's the thing are you the same shepherd it's the uh thought experiment thing where it's if you replace every piece of a boat um is it technically the same boat or is it a whole new boat uh, mm-hmm. one piece at a time and so are, are you really are we still the same shepherd question mark um or are we uh you know <laughs> a whole new shepherd yeah, yeah, so to paint a bit of a picture, you load up this game, and like the first one, it starts with a cutscene, and you're in space on your your starship. But um, 
yeah, it's attacked. Your crew has to evacuate. Your ship is fucking blown to shreds. You get jettisoned in space and you die. Uh, I think heading towards a planet, which probably means you just got, like you said, obliterated or crushed in a planet's atmosphere, which is fucking fascinating and horrifying all at the same time. Um, but a rogue organization called Cerberus, yes, named after the mythology, um, rescues, you, uh, rescues you and puts you back together kind of like six six million dollar man style. Um, we have the technology. We can rebuild him. And, and they did spend a lot of money. So, yeah, that, that wasn't an issue. Um, they were enemies in the first game. Now you're kind of working with them, but nobody else is doing shit to stop this galactic threat that only you and the true believers and the people who know what's up knows is actually a thing. Um, so, yeah, you work with them. And you get a new crew, you get some familiar faces, you recruit other friends you met along the way. And yeah, you are back in Mass Effect, but this one feels a lot different pretty much right from the jump, especially when you get into the gameplay. Agree. This one, uh, I think, is the is just so tight. Uh, it's how I think it's how I remember Mass Effect 1 playing when I went back to the Legendary Edition. Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> right? I'd, when I went back, I was just like, oh, come on. Um, but it's just, it's so much tighter. Uh, I feel like um, it makes me, uh, when, when I eventually go to play the Legendary Edition, um, hopefully I'll be able to actually experience um, some of the cool um psychic powers what are they called in the game um uh biotics biotics thank you um basically so, force powers yeah or, basically like, jedi force powers like, or you're 11 from stranger things or yeah whatever. um i never got to experience those because i just picked soldier the first time through because that was like the thing i was like uh gross magic who cares i want to <laughs> shoot things um mm -hmm. and so I never got to really experience those, but then the second game, they actually kind of buffed them up and made them a lot cooler. Hmm. Uh, and that made me always sad and disappointed that I could uh, utilize <laughs> them. Yeah, I forget what the class is called, but when you see one shepherd like doing like a force like battering ram into enemies and they're just going flying and are dead immediately. And I'm sitting over here with my sniper rifle i'm almost out of ammo and i can't do anything else really uh, yeah it's kind of a like oh i made a terrible mistake <laughs> so yeah they really i think they knew that the third person uh third person shooter aspects of the first game were uh, uh you know let's be lacking. honest yeah lacking that's a polite way to describe it um, <laughs> they were lacking. Um, and so it really feels like they devoted most of their improvements that they made. And during the development of this game and just really beefing up that side of it. And it is 100% better. Like Michael said, it, it's so much tighter. You don't dread 
combat scenes you actually look forward to them and you get a lot of new weapons and can do some, a lot of different things with the biotics as well so you really get to ramp things up in that regard and they also do a good job i think in this game of really making the side missions feel different and unique the contractor who had you know a threshold over the entire galaxy in the first game is sad now because they've started you know going out to other businesses to get some different looking buildings <laughs> um <laughs> and it, it really is noticeable and it feels good and i actually in some ways look forward to doing the side missions um more in this game because they're you know what you call loyalty missions um this crew that you assemble you're kind of putting together your own suicide squad to take on this suicide mission at the end of the game and wait, so wait 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 your own suicide squad or your own the suicide squad i think the suicide squad because <laughs> that was a much better movie um but um yeah, you're putting together your ragtag team. It's a bunch of specialists with you know very specific sets of skills, but they have various temperaments. They don't really trust anyone for the most part. They all have their trauma, and you have to actually jump through hoops and help them to gain their loyalty if you want the best possible outcome at the end of the game. Also, uh, there is a there is a time jump in this, isn't there? So yeah uh, between you like, dying and coming back to life there's like a, a bit of like two or three years i think yeah which so. they acknowledge in the story and you know even familiar faces who join your crew again maybe you have to earn their trust back a little bit because maybe they don't like cerberus or maybe they're awesome and they're just loyal friends and they appreciate seeing you no matter what and those are the people i take on every mission <coughs> tally and gareth um <laughs> i but, mean uh... i'm not gonna say that uh a throwback to another podcast talking about crushes but yeah <laughs> talia and garris yeah well i think we'll do that at the end of the third game <laughs> have, a, have a brief conversation about that but um yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I, I always thought that was cool ashley fucking hates you in this game if she's still alive so you should have just left her dead oh wow Kaden cool is, good choice yeah great choice kaden is not really happy either he's the guy yeah. who can live if ashley doesn't but yeah, I, mean, I, I he sounds like Karth, and that's PTSD <laughs> for me. So I was, I always had trouble with him. But um, yeah, I I just thought it was they did a good job really focusing on those relationships because in the first game you do get to talk to your crew members on the ship. They do ask you for advice, but it's a lot of the same conversations over and over again, kind of like in Knights of the Old Republic. Where in this game, you do get you know, I think more unique uh, interactions with these folks. And I think that really hammers home just, you know, the strength of this series that the bond that you forge with these people, these fictional characters. And that's, you know, really, I think what keeps people invested in this franchise, this trilogy. They're some of my favorite characters, I think in any, uh, especially out of this particular game, mm -hmm. um, just, because of who they are and like how well 
you bond with them as you play through the game. And truly there it's, it's, I think actually very hard to pick who I bring on missions in this game because of how much I enjoy so many of them. That's also partly because your squad is massive. In this oh game. yeah. That's also, that's yeah, that doesn't have help. DLC. It's, it's way too big. Honestly, they, they give you way too many good choices. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a testament, I think to just the riders and they've, bring in some new races that you didn't really get to interact with in the first game. So it, it really does feel like this world, this galaxy, this lore is expanding and you're playing a big role on, you know, what the future looks like for uh, a lot of these uh, races and characters. So very cool. Um, for a long time, Michael, especially because of how much I love that uh, last mission in this game and, some of the DLC that they added to this. I thought for a long time that this was the best Mass Effect. And upon replaying the, or I guess playing for the first time, the remastered version, I still think it's a very good game, but I don't think it's quite the best one. I think it too had areas that they improved upon in the future and uh it hasn't aged like the first one has but it doesn't i think my nostalgia kind of overrode some of my uh, opinions <laughs> there so okay i mean I'm, I'm interested then when we go to the next game because well we'll get there in a second but yeah yeah but it's still it's a kick-ass game um i they got martin sheen uh as the guy you work with from cerberus uh to to voice that character in this game i mean come on it's the president it's it's awesome <laughs> yeah i mean what else is there to talk about uh, they, they added multiplayer in this which i never played did you ever play that i think that was the third game oh is it oh that is the third game i am yeah, yeah that's right they did not add multiplayer in this i think the one it was actually more of a controversy about the stuff some of the stuff they took away um you don't really okay. have free reign to explore planets anymore you just go where the oh, mission yeah. is and just do your mission and you can collect stuff there but you can't go anywhere else and then to actually extract resources and stuff from the planet you shoot probes i remember that yeah how did you feel? That's right. How did you feel on that, Jesse? I mean, you you can make an argument that just like probing planets for like an hour is a very therapeutic exercise for the mind because <laughs> it feels productive and it's really easy. And they're playing the galaxy map music in the background. Do, 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 do. So it's it's great. Um, I do think it also feels a little repetitive. <laughs> um, I didn't miss exploring that much because I thought that was even more repetitive in the first game. Um, I think it too that, uh, you know, they really dumbed down the RPG side of it in terms of the character building while I appreciated that they made it, you know, more intuitive and a lot, you know, simpler to navigate through the interface. I think they maybe dumped it down a little too much. And so it, it the, you miss some of those RPG elements um, from the first game, but I think it's really just a, a personal choice on what is maybe less grading for you. Yeah. I think it does feel much more quote unquote action adventure than mm -hmm. Which I was fine with. Like I 
thought this was a blast to play through, but upon going back, playing the first one, and then coming to this one, it, it does feel like two different sides of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. Okay. Still a great game. Kick-ass ending. Made me hyped as hell for the third one. <laughs> and number three is a very interesting game for <laughs> a variety of reasons. But Michael, they didn't even let you play number three right you kind of i mean so in defense for bioware um i'm not saying it was their fault um it wasn't (laughs) like they actively it's 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 not a personal attack as much as i tell myself um this guy is adding way too many ashley kills to the algorithm you gotta (laughs) fuck up his save so he can't keep mucking up the stats um yeah, so when I booted up Mass Effect 3, I could not play My Shepherd for whatever reason. It was on the same Xbox. Um, and I, you know, had played Mass Effect 1 to completion, uh, played Mass Effect 2 to completion, uh, had my Renegade character ready to go. Oh, that's something we should probably touch on too with uh, Mass Effect 2. Um, when pl- as playing a Renegade, uh you like slowly get like corrupted um Mm -hmm. kind of thing like almost like uh, hearkening back to their uh star wars roots where you essentially your body starts getting these like red marks and like your skin cracks open where you had scars from where you you were exploding and shit it's weird yeah um which you don't get when you get uh when you when you get paragon you just get back to normal don't you that's like what happens yeah you, you get an email from the doctor on your ship saying you need to basically think peaceful thoughts so your skin can heal or else it's going to go badly for you, which I thought was funny. I think it's funny that like me as a renegade player, I know we're kind of skipping back here to Mass Effect 2, but me as a renegade player reads that and goes, okay, cool. So I'm just going to keep thinking bad thoughts. But then as a Paragon player, like you get nothing for being a Paragon except your skin getting better. Whereas mine, I get like this very cool graphical like uh, look totally uh, showcases my personality outside as well as inside. Um, and I just always felt bad, quote unquote, felt bad for Paragon players because I was like, what do you guys get? Good skin nerds. <laughs> um, you actually care about how you look. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I think if you play Renegade, you still can get "quote unquote" good skin, but you have to like pay for it. So like, oh, they yeah. give you like plastic surgery or something. Yeah, but who would do that? If you're getting a Renegade, why would you care about how you look? I, I'm just saying it was an option, man. <laughs> um, but you so, also get the interrupts too. From oh yes, you do get the interrupts in this game, which is great. So you Uh, can like stop somebody from doing something they'll regret. And it's like, yay, Paragon, nice guy points. Or you can throw people out windows in a giant city, um, Uh which is great. The scene, like I said, I'm I'm sorry, I jumped us back to Mass Effect 2. Um, But the scene is is you're walking down a hallway and some soldier uh, is like, hey, you can't be in here. And like you get the renegade option that's like, uh, hey, you can't be in here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. blah, you know, blah, and, then, blah. And, then, and then you can talk with them. And then you can like, there's still some time where you can throw them out. When I played it, I knew it was coming because I saw it in one of the trailers when they were showcasing it. 
And so I saw it and I was waiting. And as soon as it was like a thing where it's like, hey, you can't. And I hit it as soon as it came. So essentially, the guy didn't even get to say anything. He's just like, hey, you can't. And then I just he's like, ah, get thrown out a window. Um, And then there's a hostage situation in another one where. Yes. Yeah, that's the best one where you're like talking through a hostage situation and uh, you go the, the the hostage is actually a bad guy. So you as like Shepard goes, uh, okay, cool. Here, we'll, we'll solve this problem. Boom. And you just shoot the hostage and go, well, now it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fucking great. And I watch <laughs> clips of renegade shepherds and go, ah, oh, my guy feels like a giant pussy in comparison. But uh, <laughs> um, the point being, you make all these decisions, you get your, you know, fucked up skin, you do all these interruptions, good or bad, and then you get to the third game and you want to obviously continue where you left off. Right. And you don't get the skin. Like, that's not a thing that you get. It's uh, It irritates me to no end that they did that because it's like, Han- no. Hannibal Lecter, so disappointed that he didn't get the skin. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's frustrating to me because it's like, I spent all this time in the previous game doing this. This is the same Shepard. Why can't I, why isn't this an option? Why can't I at least like have scars like yeah fine i don't get the red glowy eyes and the red glowy uh subdermal skin stuff whatever Mm. but why can't i get scars that like or like why isn't there like a a cosmetic option that's just like renegade scars or something like that that just automatic like it's just something you can pick so it was just frustrating to me i played foo like the first few I think I played for the first mission or two and then just got so I w- and then was just mad that I didn't get to, I wasn't playing my shepherd. Right. And so I just gave up. I was just like, I'm done with this. It's stupid. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's frustrating because this is absolutely not a series where you just hop in on the third game and it's all good. Like you can catch up quickly and just enjoy that game for what it is so much of this will be lost on you or it will just not be as meaningful or profound if you don't have these established relationships from playing the first two games and the weight that uh, your own choices may have on this story too. So it's, it's not the same, man. So I, (laughs) that's that's a bummer. I, I probably would have been beyond livid at the time if that had happened to me. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good way to describe me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah that would have yeah i would not would have i would, would not have wanted to talk to me for like a week if that was me so that's disappointing um so what do you remember about the third game michael at least in terms of you know differences between this one and the first two uh i i felt like the combat was a little bit better um some of the relationships, I'm trying to remember how far I got. I didn't get super far into it, but the relationship stuff was interesting, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I do remember the controversy of Mass Effect yeah. ending is really what I remember the most about it, being that I didn't actually play it. So, And we're going to talk about that. Um, before we do, I would like to cover a few other areas first. Um the combat in three, especially you know after re- playing the remaster version, is absolutely the best of you know these three games. Um, they've you can finally fucking like 
do a barrel roll and dodge <laughs> and just jump out of the way when you need to, which you could not in the first two. And it's like a very basic thing. So even, that's what I mean when I say, even though two was a big improvement, it was still lacking like simple things like that, that I think kind of hold it back a little bit. Um, finally you can do that here they give you a melee weapon which is fucking great you get this fucking (laughs) like sword and you can actually do something when you're in close combat instead of like throwing a hockey elbow at a fucking krogan (laughs) and doing nothing um so that's cool uh your squad is i think really dialed in on this game um they've always been pretty useful even in the first game in terms of using their powers and like bailing you out in situations if you needed them to but i feel like in this one it's you know ratcheted up even further and it just you know overall it it plays the smoothest in terms of the combat and um the third person aspects and stuff so definitely pinnacle there um the other thing that i really fucking loved about this game when i played it last year was that unlike the first two where and again number two was an improvement but you did still kind of feel like once you had gotten through conversations with characters like that's all you were gonna get and like they were just going to be in their spot on the ship for the rest of the game. Um, and three people are actually moving around your ship. Like you'll go to see your friend Garrus and he's usually in the fucking engine room or wherever, um, doing his calibrations. Maybe he's in the mess hall talking to, uh, Freddie Prinze Jr.'s character. Yes. Freddie Prinze Jr. Voices a character in Mass Effect three. So Mass Effect three, uh, putting that out there um maybe he's you know in the cockpit talking to joker you know people can actually move around and interact and they actually do have conversations that can vary depending on what's happened in the other and you know before the third game and what you've chosen up to the point in that game so also just, just, oh, go ahead sorry just just before you get into that uh uh joker is voiced by seth green just a yeah i and this is why I didn't want to get too far into the voice acting portion <laughs> of this, because that's a rabbit hole that we don't have time for. But mm-hmm. yes, Seth Green is Joker. Awesome. Keith David is your mentor. Admiral Anderson. Awesome. They really got a lot of good talent for uh, these voices and these characters, which I appreciated. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of sci-fi heroes. But um yeah, it, it just felt a lot more immersive in that respect. And like me engaging people like wasn't the only thing that could actually give me some like, you know, some interactions between my squad mates. And that's true as well when you take people on missions, like they'll have different dialogue depending on who's together. Have they worked together in the first two games? Are they friends? Are they new, etc.? Yeah. I think um I think that that's the part that I think most disappoints me about not have not not of completing the trilogy is the fact that I never got to see some of my friends or hang out with some of these people and be able to actually, you know, see where their stories continued down after I left them and 
in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of annoying to me. I wish in the remastered versions at least they had added a choice to like, well, maybe I don't want to play through the whole first game, but can I like go through and like make all the choices that I would have had to make in that first one? So I at least have my character close to what I would have wanted them to be like, so I don't have to spend all that time. And they, they didn't. You still have to you gotta play if you if you want to get that reward. Yeah, they did that with um what did they yeah. do? Which game did that do? I think it was Dragon Age. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, one one of the Dragon Age you got to essentially say This is this is what I did, and they go, oh. Okay, cool. And like, and they just take your word for it, and you're like, Thanks, and you move on with your life. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's annoying. Um I think I would really hope that someday you get to a point where you can get through <laughs> the first game so that you can experience that for yourself. Cause I, I feel like you haven't gotten, you know, the full, the full impact of this trilogy without that. So um, I also think, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in this game in terms of the lore that you know characters have been talking about through the first two games and that's you know the story has been building towards and it's kind of like these are landmark moments that are going to change the entire you know the entire course of history for say rex's people whether they're actually going to survive or not because of the infertility that they've you know had thrust upon them um so stuff like that really makes it feel like you know you're kind of changing you know everything um that's going to happen after this game um so it, it does feel like the climax that everything's been building towards and not just because it's the third game because they're picking up these story threads that they've been uh, uh that they've been establishing for how many <laughs> ever hours you've been playing these fucking games <laughs> yeah um in terms of the ending um i think i have a different opinion about it now than i did back then uh, when i first played it i like many others was greatly dissatisfied to put it kindly <laughs> about how things played out um just to kind of give people a basic synopsis you you the entire trilogy is like based upon the idea that the player controls the narrative or at least you know has a say over how the outcomes go your and choices matter your choices matter is like i think literally one of their taglines for mm -hmm. this trilogy um and when you finish the third game it kind of feels like they got the contractor who made all the buildings in the first game to write the ending <laughs> for the third game because everything does very much feel cookie cutter in the same even if you were a renegade asshole who murdered all your friends and doomed entire civilizations and even if i went the opposite way um we're gonna get a very similar ending and that just that didn't sit well with me and a lot of other fans of the series at the time. Um, they would kind of make up for it with, you know, they released like some extra DLC to add to the ending a little bit to try and, you know, quell, you know, the rage that, 
you know, was that was just fucking overwhelming Bioware at that point. But um, I think even then it kind of felt like, well, you spend all this time and then it's just kind of over. It it kind of reminded me of uh, Knights of the Old Republic too, actually, with with mm. how that one ends. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's just over, and it's like, oh, well, that that was a thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> You didn't get the payoff you were looking for, and I think especially, and I, you know, I think that's what it boils down to as, as well is that the developers just severely underestimated like how much people cared about these characters, and you know they did want to kind of know what happened with everyone, um, but I, it was either that or you know they just didn't have time because EA or whatever, right. Or just didn't care. You know, who knows? But um, so the ending was not great then. It pissed me off and a lot of others. When I played it last year, you know, I I think I felt, again, that it's like, well, it's not really living up to the standard of the rest of the trilogy in terms of giving you that payoff and making you feel like your choices matter. Did it bother me as much now as it did then? No, because, you know, it's just a video game <laughs> a day. But uh, I think also I had a greater appreciation for the game as a whole and like focusing more on some of those improvements that it made. And that I really do think in a lot of ways, it's the best game in the trilogy because they kind of perfected, you know, some of those areas of the gameplay and the RPG elements that uh, they were kind of going too far you know you know too little in one direction in um in the first two games interesting yeah and i think overall uh if you ask 20 mass effect fans you're probably going to get a a 33 percent split for each game about which one's their favorite so you know it's it really does feel like people have you know, their own preference and it just depends on what you like in a game. Um, but I, at this point I would say, you know, number three, despite its controversial ending is probably the best one. Although Michael, I will absolutely say this trilogy is either enhanced or diminished based on who or whom or how many people you choose to romance throughout the trilogy with (laughs) your character. Yeah, I, was, I would say that's a very fair statement. Um, so, Jesse, let's ask the hard-hitting questions here. Who were your prime always romance options in Mass Effect? Uh, well, the first time I played this, I was 19 years old. Uh, so let's just say young Jesse did not have the greatest taste at the time, perhaps. but um... No judgment. Let's hear it. uh ashley was the first one boo Uh, yeah all the judgment (laughs) it's it feels like regret and shame so it's not great either but uh um and then i you know i i had made some different choices like i would start with ashley in the first game and then she basically tells you to take a hike in the second one so i was like oh look miranda's here so that's great (laughs) um no loss but actually maybe an upgrade um 
but um, I would also say like I went back through a couple times and I tried the Liara romance and that's very obviously if you know you're playing a male shepherd the romance that the riders want you to have because she's in the game the most by far as as far as the whole trilogy goes um so that that was fine honestly i think the best path is actually to romance no one in the first game which you can get around in some underhanded ways that create some funny scenes between you and your squad mates um but uh (laughs) but uh i think you do that and then i think the most rewarding from a character and story standpoint is definitely whether you're if you're playing female or male depending uh, is definitely garris or tally like it's i think it's uh, emphatically those those are the two best ones (laughs) to go with agree they are the best so that's why i did this last time i (laughs) <laughs> I think you like ask if you can have a threesome in the first game and that just pretty much shuts off all romance options for you as it probably should. And then you get into the second game and then that's where you can actually start, you know, a relationship with Tally if you want to. And that carries over to the third game. And like, like I said, she's great. She, she never judges. She's just happy to see you all the time. Which- <laughs> Which it feels good when everybody else in the galaxy pretty much wants you dead. Yeah, that's that's a true statement. <laughs> also, I probably have never had a stronger bromance than I've had with Garrus in Mass Effect 3. So that may also be why the third one, especially this last time around, was my favorite of the three. I do think that there's something to be said for, again, like how how strongly you get tied to these characters um, and the choices you can make and affect. My prime is uh, always been um, Talia. Uh, she is my favorite. She, she was my go-to uh, romance with Garrus all the way, always. always. Um, and Rex, but he's not a squad mate for much in the second of the, one. Yeah. In the second one or really for much of the third one. Either. Right. Yeah, Rex, I, I think uh, a lot of times it would depend on what kind of mission we were doing in the first one would d- dictate if I brought Talia. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time it was just Rex and Garrus with me because they were the my hard-hidden boys. Um, <laughs> um, but I do have to say, though, I also enjoyed having um, Thane? Thane? Thane, yeah. Thane? The, yeah. The, the Drell assassin. Yeah, the Drell assassin. He's he, I, I really enjoy him as a character. He's kind of fun and cool, and I like his whole motif. But I think, yeah, it's I I tried to romance. Uh, who did I try to romance? I can't even remember. It's been a long time. It's been so long ago. Uh, <laughs> but I just was actually, I remember like playing through the first game. I rom- romanced somebody, and then by the end of it, I was like, I don't actually like you. Um <laughs> But I do remember the funny, like, romance everybody and people get mad. That's uh, real fun. Uh, I remember those awkward situations. That's kind of humorous. Because I think I even still, I I still romanced Ashley, even though I hated her, because I hated her so much. Because I just. (laughs) I I will say if you keep Ashley alive till the third game, the, and you did romance her in the first game, I've seen where, like, people 
or yeah she romanced her in the first one she's still alive in three and then you've romanced tally since then um you can actually bring them both on a mission together in the third one and ashley is kind of flippant with tally and tally just kind of puts her in her place and it's (laughs) great and it's like that's why she's my girl um so it's yeah it, it it really is cool i will say if uh you get really attached to anybody from two, three kind of sucks for you because the Mass Effect 2 squad mates and romance options aren't really in the game that much. Yeah. Which was another point of controversy. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. Um, and I don't really know what they could have done to get around that. It would have been nice if there was a little more flexibility to include some of those other characters like in your squad or something. But I don't. I don't really know what kind of undertaking that would be. So I, you know, it's, it's just kind of weird. I do. Uh, I think it speaks to something that I've seen videos, but I think it, it speaks to the quality of care or story that they put in that I've seen videos that have made me want to um, watch it where I've seen a guy do have the coolest. Uh, there's a DLC in Mass Effect 3, if I remember correctly, called the Citadel. Um, where you get to have like a house party uh, after the like final mission and everything. Yep. And I've seen a guy play it. So he has, he's like, I have the happiest house party at the end of Mass Effect 3, where he gets, he tries to get every single character you possibly can get to show up to the house party. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I also have the saddest house party, which is, where he tries to kill as many of the other players as possible or of the character where he tries to eliminate all of the potential people that could show up to the party. Mm -hmm. Um, And both of them are hilarious and terribly sad because there are so many where you're like, no, I love that character or, you know, the, um, you can leave uh, Leon. um, What's the, the blue alien tentacle head. uh, Liara. Liara. Thank you. Uh, you can leave her until the third game in her stasis area. Yeah. Like, that's crazy that they put that much, like, they re- like they planned out so many things mm-hmm. in the games as they, and admittedly, I'm not saying they planned it from the very beginning, but the ability to say, oh, someone can do this. Let's incorporate this into the very third game where if you go back to the, uh, that point held in the stasis um, field, she thinks she's crazy, and you're in a uh, you're an imagination a hallucination that's happened that she's had so many at this point that she doesn't believe you're an actual person. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so crazy! I feel like leaving that powerful of a biotic though to just wither and die and eventually turn against you is the equivalent of letting Jean Grey die in Mephisto's realm in Marvel Ultimate <laughs> Alliance. And then after the game, it tells you, oh, yeah, she came back as the Phoenix. And now pretty much everybody's dead. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So that is cool. That is a really fun DLC. I can't say I've ever played anything like that in any other game franchise. And it is solely because of the facts that you have hours upon hours of time that you've spent you know in the fray and you know interacting with you know these characters who you like some more than others but 
for the most part, it's it's cool to have the whole gang together at the end. I also have seen people who went, yeah, I invited everybody except Jacob because fuck that guy. <laughs> people really hate Jacob for some reason. That's one part I don't understand. Uh, yeah. I mean, Maybe because understand. if you romance him, I think he leaves you for somebody else in the third game. So oh. you, just, you get to that point and you're like, oh, well, I don't have a romance now. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I had such high hopes for you. Um, so, yeah, it, it's crazy how people react. And I think it was a blast revisiting this trilogy again for the most part. And I feel very at peace with it as a whole uh, after this last playthrough. So I, I don't have any I don't have any more PTSD from the ending. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's it's fun to evolve and let things go. Yeah. Um, so that was the end of Shepard's story. Right. I think. <laughs> but, <it>? yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael, they made a fourth Mass Effect game separate from this trilogy, but within uh, the same, you know, the same franchise. I did not play that one. You did Mass mm-hmm. Effect Andromeda. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so I played Mass Effect Andromeda. I, I I was excited because it was it was something that allowed me to kind of pick back up on Mass Effect after my disappointing experience with three. So I was excited for it. I think a lot of people were. And then the experience I feel like I had does not reflect uh, kind of the census of the Internet, I guess. Um, I was reading through some reviews and even up until like a year ago, uh people are still posting stuff about it um and just like <laughs> saying it's terrible it's it's a wild fan base man they have yeah passionate opinions about things it's probably a bunch of star wars fans so that's why <laughs> but yeah toxic fandoms yeah. um and so i think um just kind of just to talk a little bit about the controversy around it when it first came out it was still a little shaky um i there was some weird kind of allegedly i didn't really notice it at all uh it was a little goofy but like some people like the faces are really weird um maybe i was just too far away from my tv to really notice uh but they a lot of people were complaining about the faces on the characters looking weird uh bug-eyed and when i've found videos of them i go like yeah that character looks really weird but i don't remember that in my game or at least what I felt when I was playing the game. Maybe I was a little bit, maybe it just didn't take me out or break my um, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. But you play as uh, a kind of like a space colony of of humans and uh, Krogans and, um, and, you know, all the races from our uh, galaxy. And you go on a colonization trip trying to escape the uh reaper threat i think it launches if i remember correctly between mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 uh so you launch to the andromeda uh galaxy because it's a whole new area you're colonizing it's a new exploratory thing and actually closer to what mass effect the original idea for mass effect was mm-hmm. of this kind of going out and exploring planets just to explore planets, not for like a bigger grand sweeping Epic. And mm-hmm. you get to meet some new aliens. Uh, there's some new situations. There's some uh, crazy alien technology because why, what, what would else be the point of mass effect without crazy alien technology? Yeah. Uh, 
got to have it messing stuff up got to do it uh -huh. and uh no don't touch that shit <laughs> yep pretty much happens uh mm -hmm. So you get to meet a bunch of cool new characters. I think they're fun and interesting. The combat, I feel, is uh, pr pretty pretty good. Um, you get like a jetpack. You get some more powers. Uh, I, it's much more dynamic. There's some cool like elevation to it. Um, the new replacement Mako thing is interesting. There's uh, like two ways to drive it. There's like a uh, all-terrain way and a... Um, like non-altering like it's just a regular roadway of uh, way of going about it but mm -hmm. you uh pick between a brother or sister uh from the children of the like leader of this uh endeavor yeah. um and you can do the same basic stuff you kind of get some renegade stuff you kind of get some paragon stuff it's not as big of a focus uh you form your own little crew you go on missions or side quests it's basic mass effect stuff so i don't know why people hate on it as much as they do it's once and they even pushed like an update for like the faces and kind of reworked it and we're like yep we messed up on this and after i get the update i was like yeah everything does look better but it didn't look the worst to start off with so i think it's worth playing it's it's a fun game the story's semi-interesting enough. It's, it, it feels in line with Mass Effect 1, uh, which I know is another complaint people have. It's like, it's just so samey. I'm like, what? you're exploring planets and there's a big evil force. Like, what? <laughs> What's Mass Effect, dude? That's, yeah, it's, you know. It would be like having a Star Wars world without any good or bad factions. Like, that's that's what yeah. it is. It's one of those things where I always I, I, I see things like that and I'm like, I you'd be the same people that would complain that it's too far away from Mass yeah. Effect if you if they had picked something that was a little bit further away from Mass Effect. So I don't it, people are just getting I mean, I understand why people get angry because I get angry about comic book stuff. Uh -huh. But it, it was one of those things. I was just. It was a fun game. It was cool. There's some interesting stories. There's some likable characters in it. Uh, there wasn't all the same like there wasn't. There's not all of them are great, but also that's the same thing that happened in Mass Effect one, two and three. There's characters people still hate from those games. So just deal with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. We we've covered some of that <laughs> on this episode. So, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, I never played it, I think, probably because I was a little bit over Mass Effect after the third game for a little while. And then I also saw a lot of that negative reaction and heard some bad things about the performance of the game itself when it was first released, which quite honestly is more of a trend of, you know, current gaming in general yeah. rather than a shot at, at Andromeda. But I digress. Um, so I, I think I just kind of wrote it off like, I, I don't need to play that. Um, but I am probably more open to doing that than I used to be, um, especially if it has some sort of tie-in into whatever they're doing next. So, yeah, I, I'm a fan of a game that is solid, that got a bad rap for not very good reasons, and giving that game a chance. So that is probably something I should do. Oh, yeah, I would recommend it. It's Like I said, it's a solid game. It's not... It is not going to light the world on fire with anything crazy or innovative, but it's it's a, still a pretty fun science fiction 
game and it i feel like it departs enough from the basics of mass effect mm-hmm. um that it's that it should get credit for that i feel like if people complain that it's yeah. too far away from mass effect but also it's an entire different galaxy it's expanding the story it's fun like get over yourself <laughs> every every Hot franchise team. has some kind of formula like that's just how it works that's mm-hmm. what makes it recognizable and if you get too far away from that then it's yeah. not the same it's it should just be a new franchise for all intents and purposes so i digress again but um yeah dude i think uh at least in terms of andromeda and people bitching about some of the character models i remember scenes in the first couple of mass effects where I swore my fucking shepherd like scored some Coke from a Krogan. <laughs> how fucking buggy his eyes got and how bleached and pale and splotchy your skin could be in certain scenes without doing all the renegade choices. So like, that's just, you can cherry pick anything if you want to. Yeah. I think that's why I was, uh, I was so like guys like chill out yeah, it's a AAA game. Yeah, we should expect more from our game developers, but also they they worked pretty quickly on fixing it. They like it like we're like, yep, we we messed up. We're working on it. And I feel like the patch for it came out pretty, pretty soon after the game was full released. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, be mad at the studios, man. Don't give the developers a bunch of shit <laughs> for no reason. So, yeah. Um. So that's something I will do. That's what we've gotten from Mass Effect in a nutshell, at least in terms of the the video game medium. There's been, I think, some like uh, books and comics that flush out the universe a little bit more. I think there's been some like maybe short animated movies or one shots or something. I could be wrong about that. Um, But they do kind of, have a little bit more to it than just the games but i mean that's that's really the main reason to get invested in this is if you're you're a gamer and you want to you know a like michael said a a rich sprawling sci-fi fantasy epic and they have announced they're going to make another one they've been extremely vague on what that entails all we really know is that in the trailer you can see Liara from the Mass Effect trilogy, one of your squad mates, is still alive. She finds a piece of N7 armor, which is part of the elite military like program that your shepherd was a part of back Iconic. in the Iconic. Iconic, yeah. yeah. It's the best of the best. Um, and that's always been synonymous with Shepherd, so that kind of got the internet buzzing to say the least but the writers have also said andromeda is going to be part of this too in some way but we don't really have anything else beyond that so it's really open to speculation at this point so michael knowing what we know what would you like to see from the next mass effect game um more alien sex (laughs) i I feel like that is is Big of a slam dunk as you will ever get, guys. <laughs> like you can um, take that one to the bank, my dude. <laughs> yeah, I would say I think 
what I'm most excited about to see would be more alien sex. No, sorry. Yeah, more, more alien sex. Uh, I would be excited to see what they, how they're going to tie these two stories in, what they're going to do to, and part of me wants to see what they're going to do to make these fans happy. Is it just because we didn't get our shepherd that we didn't like Andromeda? Is it because we feel like our choices didn't, like some people felt like their choices didn't matter, like all these choices, quote unquote, didn't matter at the end of Mass Effect 3. What is going to make these fans truly happy past just having Shepard back? Because it just seems like pandering at that point to me just to be like, well, fine, you guys were all mad because your choices, you didn't feel like it really mattered and Shepard didn't really do anything except choose a color cupcake. And <laughs> Ma Andromeda was canned because we didn't put the best graphics out and then the story wasn't about Shepard and so a bunch of you got mad. I... I want to see something that is space epic, that is kind of back to that true to form of what the Mass Effect stories are, of something that takes time and effort to go through the stories with and has tight combat, has that role-playing elements that I feel like kind of got left in the dust a little bit as time went on. And brings it a little bit closer to the role-playing elements that Bioware was really good at back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay. I, I'm excited for pretty much any sort of Mass Effect. Like I said, it, after Mass Effect 3, my Mass, my Mass Effect 3 experience, I was turned off, and that's why I was so excited for Dramada, because I felt like it was a starting off point again. Like, it was a new point for me to get back into the series and get passionate again about it. And I mm -hmm. liked it. And I think that's what they need to do here again, is make you feel like you didn't need to play all the way through Mass Effect 3, and you didn't need to play all the way through Andromeda to be able to get in on this new starting point so people can experience it and move forward. Because these games are decades old now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, so they need like an entire group of people has never potentially has never played a Mass Effect game before has only known about Mass Effect. And so I feel like they need a good starting off point. Um, nothing that is too tied into the previous ones, but also lore wise can be like referenced and brought back and characters can be talked about, but nothing that you have to have played everything to understand. Yeah, I think you make a lot of good points especially as it relates to trying to bring in um some new some new players to all this because at the end of the day it's a business and you need to keep growing and expanding your audience if you want people to give a shit in the long term <laughs> um but you know so as much as i would want to be able to hop back in the saddle as shepherd and get the gang back together <laughs> again I, as a wrestling fan, as a film fan, as a Star Wars fan, as, you know, pretty much any fan of you know, any type of medium, you can have this in common. There are limits to nostalgia and there are limitations to where you can go with a story when you already have so many well-established preconceived notions about what you want to see from a certain characters. Because to your point, part of Bioware's appeal is their ability to build these worlds and this lore and provide you 
with the opportunity to explore and meet, you know, all these, you know, new characters, fun, sexy aliens, fun, sexy aliens, and, you know, potentially make a best friend that you never <laughs> knew you wanted in your life. Um, that has a sniper rifle, but is also very gruff, but also very loving. Um, so <laughs> I feel like you rob yourself of that opportunity if you just go back to the well again. And I think the smart money is to maybe expand upon this a little bit and allow people some freedom to play some different races and maybe have a different perspective than they did in the first trilogy or even in Andromeda. Um, and we'll see whether that's possible or how much they can actually do with something like that. But absolutely, I think kind of a clean slate with some new fresh characters would be smart. I do think they should also tie in some stuff for fans of the original trilogy and kind of put some Easter eggs and whatnot throughout the game to make it feel like those decisions actually did matter without catering the entire game to that fan base. Yeah, it needs. I definitely think you need to have a option like Dragon Age where you can say what happened and pick mm -hmm. those things so you can move forward. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I would hope so, because <laughs> if it's a new crew, if it's kind of a clean slate, like we've said, and they're like, well, it is, but you're not going to get the full experience without playing through the entire trilogy. It's just like, dude, I don't know if I have time to do that again. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of fucking time to get through these games. Um, so I, I hope they would add something like that. I think it would bring more people back into the fold. And, you know, just don't be dumb, Bioware. Make, make some logical decisions here to help yourselves. Yeah, we'll see. They're a pretty massive game company, and they've, they've stumbled a few times left or right. So we'll... We'll see what they do. We will see what they do. I'm cautiously optimistic slash curious. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, nonetheless, you know, I think we can probably put a bow on this episode. Only went an hour and a half, Michael. Um, so that's pretty good for yeah. four video games. Um I would say that, you know, it's a great trilogy. Andromeda sounds like, you know, it got a bad rap, but it's a fun game as well. I don't think you're ever going to regret playing a Mass Effect game if you've been on the fence for a long time. So hopefully you'll give it a chance if you have not before. This is always going to be, you know, one of my favorite franchises and games, and I will always probably look back fondly on these journeys and especially those relationships forged with the characters and you know how emotionally invested you know a fictional video game with <laughs> graphic graphically uh created characters can uh you know make you feel things so so much love so much hate for pixels on a screen yeah i mean now i know what people who played like chrono trigger felt like back in the day <laughs> jesus and those were just little sprites really little sprites all right we'll wrap it up here thank you so much for listening to hit the reel the podcast where we talk about entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it uh, we try to get this podcast out weekly usually on saturdays sometimes on sundays um depends on how much i'm doing that weekend and how tired i am um so 
uh, please feel free to let us know uh, what you think about our opinions on the Mass Effect um, series uh, by emailing us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Please let me know if I am horribly wrong about the entire uh, Mass Effect Andromeda um, series, or if you want to shame Jesse for picking Ashley as his first love interest. Uh, we're also okay with that. <laughs> I've shamed me, so I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Please feel free to take a look at that in the video description. And uh, hey, like always, keep it real. Thank you.